on social media for beautiful food and inspiration.
everybody. Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live most Fridays, 8 p.m. till a little after 9, and then we do go into the post game. Uh, check us out at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. If you're grabbing this on a podcast, a uh, quick programming programming note, there will be no show next week because I'll be rocking the disco tech out at Bike Party. If you're in San Jose, head on out to Bike Party. Uh, if you're riding, come up and say hi during the event. If you want to check out one of the re- regroups and you're not a cyclist, uh, that's perfectly fine. Just make sure you park a little ways away and walk in because there's going to be five or 6,000 bikes there and we don't need you, what we don't need in that mix is your fucking car. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm Producer Dave and you can find me damn near anywhere. What's going on, Councilman? Not a mucho. This is uh, Councilman. You can find me at T-H-E underscore Councilman. That's the underscore Councilman uh, on Twitter. I'm doing well. Uh, it's It's a beautiful day out. It was... Somewhat, something like 95 degrees in the South Bay. So feeling a little bit of the butt sweat. Um, got the grocery shopping done. Got the thank you notes written. And it's time to rock the ballot. Yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely. So, oh. Happy Pride. Happy belated Pride. Happy belated Pride indeed. So um, if you're watching, you may notice that our uh, overlay is new. That's what I did during the break from, um, what was it, uh, Local love and the intellectual Dollar Tree this week. It's a little more, a little more simple, a little more subdued, a lot more Looking black, good. not so busy, <clears throat> not so tough on the eyes. And um, I think it did a really good job. It looks real good. Um, I guess uh, also if this, because this will go out tomorrow, so uh, there's no Catterday this weekend. Um, I might DJ at like ten because I have that bike party thing coming up, and I'm going to need to practice. And I'll probably throw that, throw up a stream for that. Uh, no big show this week. Uh, we're actually taking a week off of the Sunday show, which we never do, um, <clears throat> which is weird because it's CPAC week and that's usually our, uh, our busy season, but that's okay. We'll go over some CPAC stuff tonight uh, during the post game. So uh, also uh, next week, there's no um, uh, Satan's and Thetans on Thursday. We're also getting a week off of the Scientology and cult show. So when we, when we take a week off, I like to stagger it across two weeks so that we don't not provide content for a whole week, but so that everybody gets a, an appropriate break. And it's very fair and equitable. Yeah, yeah. Well, you skip one, you know, just skip half the shows one week and half the shows the other week. Sure. I believe uh, this Meltdown Monday, uh, Media Wench is going to be doing more Shasta County news, which is real good. Shout out to Nathan up there, by the, by the way, holding it down up there for the for the good progressive folks up there. You're not as outnumbered as you think up there. It, uh, it was not even quite 60-40 Trump in that county, so... You're not as outnumbered as you might think you are up there, no matter how crazy people act at the city or the town. What is it? The County Board of Supervisors meeting. Exactly. Now, the public comment is usually not indicative of the full uh, breadth of the uh, populace. Let's just say that's a that's a fucking major, major blessing for the folks up there because public comment up there is pretty crazy. Absolutely. Uh, But we're here to do is cover Bay Area news this week. So what do you got? What do we got leading off this week, Councilman? Uh, I think it's something you found, actually, but a, a video, but something we've all heard about. There was a, an earthquake. Um, hey, we live in California. What do you know? Uh, but this one was, you know, six. That's pre- pretty decent um, up in the, the foothills so uh, of the Sierras. So this is some uh, footage from uh, the live uh, earthquake reactions. Drivers dodge boulders as a magnitude 6.0 earthquake strikes the eastern Sierra and touches off a swarm of aftershocks. The aftershocks for an event like this, they probably will go on for a period of days or weeks. Dozens of aftershocks already, and seismologists expect them to continue. Good evening, everyone. I'm Julie Hayner. And I'm Andre Sr. in for Frank Somerville. That first earthquake, the largest, was felt up and down the state, including here 
in the Bay Area. The strong quake was centered in a fairly remote area of Alpine County. It hit near the California-Nevada state line south of Lake Tahoe at 3.50 this afternoon. KTV's Janet Katsuyama is in the newsroom monitoring the aftershocks. She spoke with a seismologist about what's at work here. Jana. Andre, state emergency management officials say they've had no report so far of any major damage or injuries. This all happened in an area that seismologists say has not had a quake this large since 1994. The earthquake, a preliminary magnitude 6, happened in an area south of Lake Tahoe, not known for big quakes, catching drivers along Highway 395 off guard. It was an earthquake. How do you know? Because the, the, the tires went a little funny. This video posted by Brett Durant on Twitter near Colville, California, on Highway 395, shows billowing dust from rock slides just moments after the quake. That is a big earthquake. I don't understand. Video also shows large boulders that came tumbling down right onto I-395. The CHP says some cars were hit by rocks, but nobody was injured. The rock slides closed about 40 miles of the interstate as crews worked to inspect the roadway. Yeah. People as far away as the Bay Area, Fresno, and even Las Vegas reported feeling the quakes. The USGS says the epicenter was near the town of Walker, south of Lake Tahoe. Did you feel that, Councilman? I didn't feel it. The, the, the good wife definitely felt it. Um, it. It must have hit while I was up and about moving around, which happens a lot. The good wife will tell you I'm a pretty fidgety kind of a guy. Uh, but yeah, so it must have happened when I was walking around the house. And she, but she remarked right away like, oh, earthquake. Um, and then in, instantly I obviously checked Twitter for confirmation. Or next, next door is a little slow than Twitter. <laughs> and they're probably also going to blame somebody non-white for the earthquake too. Correct. Because that's just how next door rolls. Correct. Correct. Earthquake must have been a brown person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're big, anyway, you know. They're um, big and scary. Yeah, right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I did not feel it. But that's six is a pretty decent quake, honestly. I, uh, we've all, I mean, a lot of us, I don't know, you and I lived through the Loma Prieta quake in 89. It was 6.9, I want to say. So six is pretty decent. Although every tenth of a Richter point is like 10 times the last, you know, the last tenth. So, um, it goes up exponentially. Yeah, I didn't feel it, but I was um, I was I went for a bike ride today, so that's probably why I didn't feel it because I was in motion. Mm. And uh, yeah, 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 I didn't I didn't feel it at all. Um, yeah, and well, I didn't was... I didn't hear about it till I got home because I wasn't twittering from my bike. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I did definitely didn't feel it. I actually I'm one of those wackos who actually kind of enjoys earthquakes um, for a variety of reasons, but. Um, of course, I would prefer that it did not result in, you know, massive loss, loss of life and limb and, and property. But um, it's kind of what we get for building our civilization on a uh, mobile landmass, shall we say. The shaking continued with a swarm of dozens of aftershocks, at least a half dozen magnitude four or greater, according to the USGS. Earthquakes do actually happen fairly regularly in Nevada and east of the Sierras. Um, but they often don't impact a lot of people, so a lot of times they sort of fly under the radar. We actually felt the earthquake here in our office here in Sacramento. We saw some of the light fixtures swaying. The state's Office of Emergency Services says there were no immediate reports of large damage. We have a team of folks who are actively working to uh, do those assessments, check on the roads, check on the infrastructure, any sites of, of note, whether it be sewage treatment, a jail, a hospital that could be impacted. 
The earthquake swarm happened near the Antelope Valley Fault. This is just one of the more unusual locations where we see earthquakes from time to time. Professor Richard Allen is a UC Berkeley dean and director of the Berkeley Seismological Laboratory. He says this is an area being moved by shifting plates to the west along the more famous Hayward and San Andreas Faults. That motion is actually gradually moving further and further east into this eastern California shear zone. And so this is part of a sort of long-term tectonic process that happens over millions and millions of years. California does have an early warning system for earthquakes, the MyShake app, which was launched in 2019 and can be downloaded onto your mobile phone. Officials say the system was working and alerts did go out today. Professor Allen says aftershocks from today's earthquake could continue over the next few days or weeks and could even be larger than today's 6.0 magnitude quake. So it's a good reminder now, whether you're at home, out hiking or on vacation, to make sure you have an earthquake preparedness plan. Yeah, people felt it all over the Bay area, San Bruno, Vacaville, those areas. Janica team reporting for us live. Thank you so much. And Bruce Dave, do you have a my shake profile? No. No. No, I don't. Um I, I figure I figure if the earthquake happens, I'ma hear it. And like or I'ma feel it, right? I mean I know that it's like an early warning system, I guess, but like I it would be useless for me because I like spend so much of my day. I don't I'm not like on my phone. Yeah. Like, and my but, notifications are all muted and shit. If you want to get a hold of me, man, you better not call or text because I, well, I, I, that's not how to get a hold of me. Well, I mean, I'm, you could turn off the, the, you can turn on the my shake notifications specifically. Um, but yeah, and then it comes actually through as a, uh, apparently like an Amber Alert. So on my phone, Amber Alerts come through with this just, just rapid fire buzz, right? So it's very obvious that it's not a phone call or a text or a, you know, a Slack update from my team. Um, <laughs> whatever team I happen to be on. So, uh, yeah, no, it, 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 it's only supposed to give you a few seconds of warning anyway, so that you can like, if you're in, for example, in your studio or where I'm at, right. I could get in that doorway back there. Right. And potentially save myself. Right. Um, or I could get the good wife and, you know, cover, you know, fall on top of her and take one and take one for the team. Um, so yeah, that, that's really all it gives you. But, um, it, and like I said, it's, it goes with the territory of living in this territory. Yeah, if the big one hits, I'm actually crawling under this table right next to me. This thing is like older oh, yeah, than yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah that this table thing, would actually, yeah, that'll survive the whole thing. I mean, if the earthquake takes out the table, there wasn't nothing going to save me anyway, so. <laughs> Everything collapsed. You know, um, I was thinking a little bit during the pandemic, I'm sitting there mm -hmm. thinking, you know, we live in earthquake country. Like when the fucking, when the whole world was on fire, I'm like, you know what's going to happen tomorrow? A big earthquake. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. That's, right. Just pile on. Right. It was like, you know, remember when the sun was just this little tiny red dot in the sky and there was like soot on the cars and shit. I'm like, you know, what's going to sure. happen now? An earthquake. Sure. <laughs> Not to mention we were all like stuck inside because of a pandemic, right? There was virus in the air um, and smoke and fire. And then, yeah, let's, let's, let's compound that. Um, and we never know, you know, when the next large earthquake is coming. I love how people say the big one because most of us only really, I guess, live to see one big earthquake of that kind of magnitude that seven or eight magnitude um any you know once a hundred years maybe um but uh the, yeah it's, it's a series of big ones until you know the world's land masses shift and you know we end up with pangea again or something it's pretty exciting to think about like every little one of these is a part of that right so the next time you're sort of rolling with it right provided your ceiling isn't collapsing on your head think about that it's kind of cool it is it is kind of cool and yeah um i don't know 
they talk about an earthquake preparedness kit and shit, but I, I just don't know what the fuck I would even, like, I have things, it's not like, if, if the earthquake is so bad that I can't get to the bottled water in my refrigerator, then how the fuck am I going to get to my earthquake preparedness kit wherever I put it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Well, that's why you get the three-second warning. You get to go grab your earthquake preparedness kit and then dive under the table. That, you know, that's that's the best they can do for now, unfortunately. Uh, chat says they saw um, a headline claiming it was a sonic boom and not an earthquake because, of course, someone said that. No, no, no. It was a, it was a laser fired by a Belgian satellite. Um, so we need to go to Belgium and steal all of their chocolate. Uh, I thought they had oil. We're not going to go there and steal their they chocolate. They have oil, too. They they probably have oil. If they have oil, we can take the oil, and we can just eat the chocolate. <laughs> All right, let's cool? move on to our favorite segment here. It's winners and losers. And yeah. last week, we made a... Or we made a... We've made... We all, well, anyway. And everybody always makes predictions about fireworks, and here's that prediction coming true. The perennial prediction about fireworks. <laughs> and we heard this huge explosion, and then a bunch of smoke went up. Irene and Don Wengler were watching the waves from inside their car above Pacifica Esplanade Beach when it happened. They say fire trucks arrived and minutes later, paramedics brought an injured woman up the winding path to the street. And carried the lady up and both her hands are just bandaged up like this. Down along the shoreline, witnesses who didn't want to talk on camera say a woman found a firework in the sand and when she lit it, it exploded in her hands. The North County Fire Authority Battalion Chief says she was taken to a trauma unit. She sustained, sustained uh, significant injuries uh, due to biting the illegal fireworks. Chief Jeff Huntsey says if you find fireworks, don't handle them. Call police. So they're really, really dangerous. We want to promote that you call law enforcement so that they can dispose of it properly. He also says this is the third serious firework injury he has seen on the coast in the last week. Some say with multiple injuries and fires linked to fireworks, it's time to stop selling, even the ones called safe and sane. And if they'd stop selling them, then maybe they wouldn't have all these illegal ones. Because this obviously was illegal. It was huge. Gene Ellie, NBC Bay Area News. Oh man, I mean, I, I hate to say, it, but we, you know, we'll help. We'll help the Pacific PD with the PSA, but we already put it out there. Like, don't handle fire. Yo, I think if you know what you're doing, and don't don't let them on fire. I think that old lady was right. I think that, I mean, especially with like the the, the fire risk this year, I think the state of California needs to just ban them right. and like only let fucking only like go to the professional fucking fireworks show. Be, right be, be, because like i would i would be okay i would be okay with like okay let's not ban fucking sparklers but anything that explodes or flies or spins or any of that shit we can get rid of like kids can play with sparklers they're fucking safe you yeah can, and they're super cute yeah yeah like but anything beyond a sparkler let's just fucking ban that shit we don't need it man can we still have snakes no no the snakes are fun and they're totally harmless well until they build a big one like on south park Right, but what I'm saying, like, I think we need to. I think it might be time for the state of California to ban fireworks. I understand probably, they're, I understand they're fun, and I have, you know, positive memories with my family associated with doing fireworks and all that. But yeah, no, it's it's true. I agree. I would have to agree. Um, and uh, yeah, I I, I, w I won't feel one bit bad about it to be honest with you if they do decide to do it. Well, um, well, we did. I uh, hate to say it, we told you so, but we told you so. And anyway, <laughs> moving right along, uh, this is a story that producer Dave found that is just—I I can't explain the gloriousness of this. 
So I just wanted to get to it as quick as we could, so we could just dive right into it. Yeah, this is uh, uh, this is like when you're when you're scaremongering about something that has been all over like the world just hits your local news. I they posted this on Facebook too. I left them a nasty comment about this, if you could imagine. Oh. So here's um here's a bit of misinformation from Fox Two uh, out, out here out of the Bay Area about um cell phones and the radiation on the cell phones. We'll get to back to that story shortly here, but cell phone radiation is harmful, but few want to believe it. That is the word from a UC Berkeley researcher who's drawn a strong link here between cell phone radiation and tumors, particularly in the brain. Now, researchers took a comprehensive look at stats from 46 different studies from around the world, and it found the use of cell phones for more than 1,000 hours, or about 17 minutes a day over a 10-year period, increased the risk of tumors by 60%. Joel Moskowitz conducted that study. He is a researcher at Cal's School of Public Health and director of Berkeley's Center for Family and Community Health. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, This is certainly an interesting study here, Joel. What exactly uh, in the cell phone did your research find that is causing cancer? Well, it's the microwave radiation coupled with low-frequency pulsing that is likely the cause of the um, brain tumor risk as well as other tumor risks. And since our study was fund, found, um, completed, uh, there's been two studies out of Yale that showed increased risk of thyroid cancer among uh, individuals who are heavy cell phone users. And, and That's a thousand hours or more of call time uh, increased the risk significantly, which amounts to, as you said, only about 17 minutes per day on average. So you're saying when you hold the cell phone up to your head, it is causing these cancer tumors in certain parts of your head. Correct. Either the head or the neck is at risk when you hold it next to your head. If you hold it near your breast, your breast is at risk. And if you hold it near your genitals, your genitals are at risk. Yeah, Chad has a good point. Why should we trust this guy about anything having to do with technology when he can't even get his background to be the right fucking direction? And his audio sucks. Well, that's just everyone all the time. But this is like chat was saying that cancer rates are down overall um thyroid you know like the problem here is that and we'll let this we'll let this play all the way through i think but the problem here is that these you can't control for every other possible factor when you're doing this Mm -hmm. so is high cell phone use maybe correlated with being a more sedentary individual somebody who doesn't exercise as much is it you know like what I would think so, because if you're exercising, like you spend less time on your cell phone because you got to spend that time exercising. True. Is cell phone use correlated with getting getting less sleep? I think so, because we do know about the blue light on your phone. It tricks your tricks your brain into thinking it might still be daytime. That's a right. that's this that's of course the scientific way to say that. But um, <laughs> like there's all these other factors that go into this. This is this is stupid. Yeah, no, it's obviously. Uh, someone got rickrolled here on the KTVU Fox 2 news staff. Um, yeah, it's, I guess it's not surprising from local news to be just so, to just allow something to be so lopsided and only listen to this one jabroni who's uh, got the, the whack-ass backwards background. I just wonder what the other people in his department think. Like, why would I just bring on somebody else from his department? I don't know. Let's let, let's let this keep going here. And so we 
often, you know, I carry, I have two cell phones, a personal cell phone and a work cell phone. And, oh no, he's uh, doubly at risk. In my pocket. Uh, what do you, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, is that also, uh, does that also pose a danger? Uh, it does pose a danger uh, in terms of reproductive harm and, and potential, potentially uh, risk to the genitals. So we recommend that you keep the cell phone off your body. Uh, initially, when the cell phones came out, they had special uh, devices to hold the cell phone away from your body. Uh, but over time, uh, those have disappeared. I have a lot of. Oh, you mean like a suitcase? You no, know, I think he means like the website SAF holster. EMR no, on your belt. Uh, regarding Man, that's a trend that I'm sure glad went away. Although you could tell if somebody thought they were really important if they had their cell phone on a little belt holster. Right. And it was back when they were really, even the flip phones were really thick, right, and big and bulky. And you really didn't want it in your pocket anyway. It would just look like a, like you had a hard on or you're you know, trying to steal a zucchini. How to reduce your risks from exposure to cell phone radiation. So, Joel, the Food and Drug Administration is kind of the government authority on cell phones and cancer research here. Uh, here is uh, what they had to say about all of this. Uh, they said the FDA believes that the weight of scientific evidence has not linked exposure to radio frequency energy from cell phone use with any health problems. Now, the FDA is also the authority on the COVID-19 vaccine. So how does the average person really decipher your findings versus that of the FDA? Oh, you believe well, the FDA? My findings coincide with over 200 scientists who have published over 2,000 papers on electromagnetic fields. And, All in the uh, same journal. The, qu the question is, how, how did peer review go? <laughs> Pe what, what? Peer review? What do you mean? People are like, oh, the study was peer reviewed, right? And I love that because I'm like, was the peer review positive? And they're what, like, what, what do you mean? What, yeah, what's, what's what peer review? But that's what I'm saying is like, even if these studies were peer reviewed, they don't ever tell you like, well, was it positive peer reviewed? Did people think my right. study was good? Right. Oh, that's, that's a very good point, right? What kind it's of like, criticism did they have of it? Right? I've submitted, it was, it's like, it's, it's just, like, it was reviewed. How did I get an F? I've submitted dozens of graded papers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I can get into any college. I submitted an application. All of whom um, find that low intensity cell phone radiation or wireless radiation or power line frequencies uh, cause various health risks, including uh, tumor risk. Uh, and, and all the power line thing is easily just easily just if there's like a big if there's a big concentration of power lines, those are usually low. In, that's usually where lower income people live because the rich people don't want to live near the power lines because they make buzzing sounds and shit. Sure. And so like lower income people tend to have worse health outcomes because of our healthcare system. And we have a variety of factors, but yes, absolutely true. I have called for much stronger regulation from the FCC, the regulatory body in the U.S., as well as in other countries. Oh, see, he's got, uh, they've contested you know, that guy had a big cell phone. Radio frequency limits in those countries in his pocket. as well. The FDA is really a case of the blind leading the blind or the blind leading the blinded. Uh, the telecom industry is extremely powerful in Washington and spends over $100 million a year lobbying just in uh, D.C. Okay, so if I would ever make an argument against tenure, I would just show people this video. Right. <laughs> Maybe he's making a statement with the backwards. Maybe he's deliberately showing the backwards uh, uh, backdrop to say he is in, in this video. He's not representing Berkeley. It's like when the flag is upside down or whatever, it's, right? Yeah, it's like anti-Berkeley. Anti -Berkeley. 
So let's talk about that. Your report, uh, yes. report that the federal government is not doing let's any ask real a research question. into the subject. Why is that? And based on your findings, isn't a government study really needed with urgency? Well, since the 90s, when largely the U.S., the Congress cut off the funding of the EPA, which was doing cutting-edge research, finding genotoxic effects, uh, the U.S. has only funded one major study, which was finally completed in 1918, oh, 2018, sorry, uh, which found clear evidence of cancer risk from cell phone radiation in the uh, male rats. Uh, immediately, the FDA. I know what study he's fucking citing. I know about the study. Really? They like essentially. Okay, first of all, they exposed these rats to this the level of radiation from a cell phone, but it was like twenty four hours a day, and the kinds of rats they were using were prone to tumors anyway, and so they found a slightly higher rate in the rats with that were in the, the cell phone group or whatever, and I might be butchering the findings of this study, but peer review tore this apart. Science-based medicine had the fucking best takedown of this fucking study. But the rate wasn't that much higher, and the rats were prone to fucking tumors anyway. Yeah, I, this, this guy's definitely not uh, espousing the truth. This guy is, what he's saying is so out there that he should be doing this from a wooden room with a lamp that I would like to steal. Yeah, I can't. Th that's the gr a great point. I think that uh, you can't even get so mad at him as you can at KTVU Fox Two News. Like, how are you allowing this guy? I don't care if this is like the morning show or whatever. Like, you got to like ask a question. Or... Well, he did. He said the FDA says, but <clears throat> the the thing is, the anchor isn't really per like prepared for this kind of stuff. No, the producers got to watch. Got to do their job. Right. The producer fucked up. That's right. what happened. Right. Not, not you, producer. Sorry, the producer on the I mean, show. I mean, I stream how many hours a week? You think I don't fuck up? Sure. But um, <laughs> then again, but I don't know that you would ever get on and get into an interview or put anyone into an interview like the, the media wench or any of our other friends on the network, um, you know, without knowing who they were getting or, you know, knowing who you were getting into the room with. Oh, if it was misinformation like this, I would just take it myself because there's no point in trying to. Um, yeah, there's no point in trying to like. Uh, well, there's some, there's some, there's, there could be cases where maybe your tone would be more acceptable or whatever. And, but then right. I, then you and me would have to like fucking go over like our talking points, you know? Right. I was sort of trying to equate like the producer on this poor anchorman's show, right. Uh, for throwing in the wolves like that. Um, cause they should have done their job better anyway. But yeah, <laughs> loving this. I'm loving the B roll. I'm loving the B roll of all the, you know, uh, Headless cell phone users. Headless cell phone users and the, the one with the really hot, like, velveteen pants that <laughs> looked like he was hiding his cell phone in his pocket, or he was happy to see us. Study and said it's not relevant to humans, which is absurd because almost all the toxicology studies the FDA relies upon is done on uh, animal models. Yeah, that's not why people took apart that fucking rat study. It was because the rats were so prone to fucking tumors in the first place that they were like a really bad way to test for tumors. Especially if you're trying to prove that it causes tumors in humans. Right. Especially rats. Um, so clearly there is more need for research on cell tower effects, 5G. Oh, uh, man. There it is. There it is. There it is. He reveals right. himself. Um, safer technology. That stat of 60% uh, increase in risk there is really, really surprising. Uh, something that... Uh, it's <laughs> 
uh, by the federal government. Because it's well, bullshit. Scientists such as yourself. All right, Joel Moskowitz, the director of the Center for Family and Community Health with the UC Berkeley School of Public Health. Thank you so much for your insight. Thank you for having me. Boo. So should we alert his dean? No. Like, well, he's he's got tenure, but the thing is, like, every t oh, there were two hundred scientists doing two thousand studies, and it's like, well, okay. He didn't even say that they all say the same thing. Like, this is bullshit. But the one he brought up with the rats, like, they exposed the rats to more cell phone radiation than uh, than than you or I would be exposed to. The rats are smaller than we are. Mm. The phone's as big as the fucking rat. Like, there's, mm. there's, so, and the, it was like they put a bunch of phones. Oh, I'd have to look up the study again, but they right. did such a good job taking it apart on science based medicine and then Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Like, like one right after the other did a, such a good job taking it apart. And the study was just flawed and the peer review on it was really bad. And like, I'm not surprised that uh, a local news station would do this, but I am surprised that the only pushback was like the, that the FDA says otherwise. And I, right. they, the guy had five minutes, a five minute segment. He, he had plenty of time. And I don't, he's not, he, it's not even the producer was that of his show was, should know that he was going to bring up that specific study, but right. I don't know. I think it was irresponsible to have this guy on to talk about this. 100%, 100% agree. Absolutely. Got to do your research, got to do your advanced work. Right. Do your yeah. own re do your research is a little bit of a little bit fraught with problems, but yeah, do, do some checking before you have someone yeah. on. Um, exactly do some checking. I don't know. This could also just be that like local newsrooms are being cut and maybe they don't have a proper science reporter there. You know what I'm saying? There could be, the meteorologist is probably the, the most, you know, well then go to the fucking meteorologist to be like, yeah. Hey, I know this is out of your wheelhouse, but you know anything about this <laughs> meteorologists go, Oh yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's actually bullshit. It's like the chemtrails of, uh, of cell phones. Right. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. And I, I, I definitely heard, you hear this incessantly in public service. I've heard it incessantly in public service and in public comment when you're seeing, you know, planning commissions and city councils have to approve new five, you know, 5G towers or cell towers or, um, you know, God forbid, cell towers combined with LED, you know, street lights, right, and other practical things. Um, and you just, just, people come out of the woodwork to complain about these things, giving them, you know, um, diseases. And then, they're the same ones who are complaining that they don't have enough connectivity when their Wi-Fi goes out or, you know, their phone fucking stops working. <laughs> Good damn it. I dropped a call. I'm going to complain. I didn't, I didn't think the, don't build the tower here. I Sorry. didn't think the guy was going to go 5g on us, but he did like, oh, yeah. right four, at the four, end, four minutes, four and a half minutes into the five minute interview. He right at the end. He was like, he went oh, for it. Oh man, that's, that well, he got, sucks. He hooked us, you know, he got, he, he kind of kept us going there. Maybe he's just, you know, lone wolf. And no, he's definitely down the rabbit hole. Uh, anyway, well, um, we'll, another thing we'll important about, an another important thing about 5g is that it's actually, uh, the, the, the millimeter wave, the, the, the really fast one hmm. is, is it such a high frequency that one of the problems with it is it doesn't go through your fucking walls effectively. And so you have to be like line of sight to the tower. And that's like, an indication that it's less likely to break the fucking skin barrier or whatever. I don't know what the wording wording for that is, but it's less likely to penetrate your body if it's not going to penetrate some fucking stucco. Well, uh, someone in the chat can look it up. Uh, look up what the word is. Over <laughs> help us, Twitch chat. Help us. It it does not break the epidermis. 
No, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on here. Fuck that story. Fuck that guy. And fuck KTVU New- 2 News for not doing just the fucking bare minimum of due diligence on Absolutely. this stuff. Absolutely. And uh, following that, fuck the Oakland police in the next story. So they're the, they're the losers. Uh, they think they're the winners, but they're definitely the losers in this story. A pre-pandemic on every first Friday of the month, Telegraph Avenue here in Oakland was closed off and typically packed with thousands of people, row after row of food vendors and artists selling their crafts. But now the future of the festival is up in the air. Why? The festival organizer tells me they simply do not have enough money to pay police fees. We just love doing First Friday. We haven't missed the First Friday since we started doing it. Oxtails and plantains, just mm. like Myra Mara's grandmother made them. Mm. On a typical First Friday, her food stand, named Me Granny's Kitchen, would rake in $3,000. That was our the moneymaker. It, it really gave us a platform. Then came the pandemic, which shut the festival down. Organizers submitted a special event permit to bring the festival back this summer. We were told that the city of Oakland will no longer cover the police and fire costs for this event, which they have done from the beginning. That's because the city of Oakland uses taxes from hotels to help cover special events costs. The pandemic sucked all of that funding dry. Festival organizer Shari Godinez says in order to receive a permit, the festival has to come up with $24,000 to pay for the 45 police officers needed to secure the event. It's $24,000 just for one Friday is just, I mean, I, I feel like it's ridiculous. The city's marketing coordinator says more money for outdoor festivals is on the mm. way, but a committee in October has to come up with a detailed... Dude, that old guy was getting his groove on. You see that? ...on how to spend that show. Money. It would only make sense for the city to invest in something that would help after coming out of a pandemic to help these businesses get back on their feet. PPP loans are great, but they're not going to hold us over for a whole year. And... At this point, we just have to start looking for a, a regular job and, and kind of give up on our dreams. In Oakland, Melissa, Colorado, NBC, Bay Area News. Yo, that mm. fucking sucks. It does. I fucking want to try their food. That sounds so good. I know. <laughs> Ox, was it oxtail and cornbread and fucking, oh my God, the sweet potato. Oh, please. Give me all of that. I'm not give into the sweet potato, but that oxtail shit. I've had, I've had what someone told me wasn't even very good oxtail. And that oh, shit oxtails. was hella good. It's the jam. It's especially if it's nice and tender and falling off the bone. Oh my god. Anyway, um, yeah. What that the curry what the goat? Hell? Oh my god. So, so what the hell, city of Oakland? Like, look, there's other cities. Every major city is dealing with this issue of uh, the the hotel tax and the the. It's called the transient occupancy tax, the TOT, but it's generally speaking called the hotel tax. Everyone's dealing with that being down, right? Um, San Jose included, and. Every city from, you know, major city from L.A. all the way up to San Jose have actually uh, appropriated funds from uh, rescue funds, right? And, uh, and, and COVID relief funds to help support uh, their their arts organizations and their arts businesses and their and their uh, small businesses and their restaurants um, uh, that were funded by those those funds that went dry. So not they haven't filled them up back completely, but at least they've made a significant investment. I don't know why Oakland can't do the same or hasn't done the same, but that's kind of rude to tell these folks. Yeah, we'll let you have your festival for twenty four thousand dollars. I I also feel like this is like going like this is not this specifically, but stuff like this is going to kind of create a situation in which not having the event means that you're going to lose some of the tax base, which means you can't have an event. 
which means you're going to lose some tax base, which means remember that commercial when we were kids, I do cocaine uh-huh. so I can work longer, so I can make more money, so I can do more cocaine, so I can work longer, so I can make more money. It's like one Don't of those, it's, it's like the yeah. opposite of that. Right. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. You're, you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head, um, perhaps completely intentionally, um, uh, as usual, uh, that, uh, the, the sort of unspoken, uh, genius of, uh, this entire of this kind of setup, right, is that people come to the city to you know enjoy the arts, cultures, conventions, you know, whatever, right? Um, and they're staying here helps to fund those things. So those people are from out of town, paying taxes to help fund amazing arts and culture and conventions and things that we can embrace and experience as you know locals, right? Um, although most of us choose, seems like choose not to, um, but we can embrace it all and for free. We're not, we're not necessarily paying the taxes that support all of it. Right. Uh, it would be great if we were all donating to a lot of these places and, and frequenting the small businesses and eating there and right. And, and being good, good, responsible, uh, outgoing, uh, members of society. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it can be a really nice reciprocal ecosystem, um, but when it goes bad, right, it, it's, it can kind of spiral out of control. So yeah, you gotta, there needs you to got, be some sort of more st- stability out there. You got to prime the pump. Yeah, exactly. And you just have to be right. You, that, they, they have to have uh, more diversified funding streams for things like this. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a council member or a council man or woman or person will step up and help to figure this shit out. Because um, this seems like a really cool festival. I know it's similar, probably similar to South First Fridays down here in the South Bay. Oh, except um, it's in Oakland, so it probably doesn't even suck. Right, it probably pops off. It looks like it pops off. They've got and they've got jerk chicken and oxtail. Come on, um, they let so. DJs play. It appeared they don't ever South First Friday. You try to fucking I got fucking door slammed in my face a couple of times. They were like, I was. They were like, oh, you know, the cultural events around here generally don't have DJs. I'm like, what the fuck, bike party? They're like, well, that's mm. not really a you know, kind of a big deal. And I'm like, more people go to bike parties than South first Friday. What are you talking about? Yeah. That was my last email with them there that I got pissed off at them. Oh, no, I'm no I doubt. Got pissed I, off I at South first Fridays. Ooh, I can ooh, understand. Ooh, they pissed, understand. they pissed me off. I can understand. So, so for street fair, another example, they don't hear maybe a little more, a little more popping off. Yeah. They, and, and eh, they don't do DJs though. They do it all inside too. They, I, uh, I'll, well, I'll leave that one alone. I'll leave that one alone because I am friends with some of the people who organize it. But I, I think that they're, uh, again, it's all very band focused. And I think San Jose in general leaves a lot on the table. I think a lot of what's going on and Oakland doesn't have this problem because, well, because there's black folks there, honestly, that I think they associate DJing in San Jose with hip hop and they associate hip hop with black people. And there's not a lot of black oh, folks yeah. in San Jose. Uh, the same reason maybe Bart was slow walked down here because it connects to, you know, Oakland. So I think there's a lot, there's a little bit of that going on here. What are you, are you, I just know, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Very they much, very much, yes. They associate DJing with well, black yes, culture. I mean, it, and it is well, part of, like, it all, all the music, I mean, house music and shit does come out of black culture. Absolutely. I, I will point out, um, and I will, I do want to forgive the voters of Santa Clara and San Mateo County to some extent, but mostly Santa Clara County of recent years. Um, the vote to bring Bart down here originally happened in the late 60s. Um, and, uh, I'm sure there was a lot of fear mongering. The city was a lot more white, uh, at the time. Um, so, uh, it's no surprise that, um, sorry, the city and the County was a lot more white at the time. Um, so it's no surprise that that, that kind of fear won out. Um, but, uh, in recent years, there's been plenty of support for bringing Bart here. It's just been cocked up because they keep forgetting that they have additional expenses that they don't bother to tell us about. 
Um, well, and I think the way they, I think the way they did Bart was stupid. I think they should have done everything they could to get it to fucking first in Tasman where the light rail lines meet and then worry about the rest of it later. I really think that you just build some shit, take fucking raise, some, raise it, raise it up over 880 and have it just go all the way down fucking 880. Like, I, and so everybody in the car sees everybody sitting there in traffic goes, watches the train Ooh. go. It's like, mm, I could be yeah. on that train. maybe. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly like, like it's a do do floss a little bit too you know but like they they had to run it they like ran it ah never mind we could talk we could do a whole episode about the bar the bart extension we but, definitely could that well the you know you, you were making me think of the that spot in san francisco as you're either coming into or leaving but um right where you either break off for 19th avenue or you uh you know, cut towards downtown and the BART is exposed there, right? It's, it's, it's actually right there. The daily city stop is right there and you can see it like cruising by. So if you're stuck in freaking traffic at that interchange, which you often are, you're kind of watching the bar train go by and, and you're, yeah, you're right. You're having that whimsical, Hmm, that could be me in the window there. I could be reading my, reading my uh, podcasts and listening to my novels. <laughs> reading my podcasts and listening to my novels. All right, let's move on here. Um, it looks like the FAA is trying to get San Jose to get rid of a homeless encampment because what people on the fucking airplane see the homeless encampment and that's bad for the FAA. I don't know what exactly uh, the impetus is for wanting to sweep it now of all times, but yeah, this, so this is the after the jungle um, was swept. I mean, it's still there to some extent, you know, but uh, once the jungle was swept, this uh, the, the pitch underneath the flight path of the the planes right closest to the airport um has become pretty much the new not the new jungle but the the new largest encampment in uh, in san jose in santa clara county government is calling a homeless camp near san jose international airport a potential danger and has given the city of san jose a deadline to clear those people out let's bring in nbc bay area scott budman with the details scott what do we know well, Raj, we know that for the people staying in the camp behind me, they are... F- well, Raj, this is bullshit. Oh, <laughs> that'd be hilarious. This guy, like, got a new job just or once. something. Just, just once. Well, Raj, he's like, this is my last day. Well, Raj, this is bullshit. <laughs> Fearful and uncertain about what happens next. Hundreds of people stay in this camp. It's along Coleman Avenue in the shadow of San Jose International Airport. Now the Federal Aviation Administration is calling the camp dangerous, both to people who live here and to the aircraft flying in and out of SJC. What, do they have a rocket? FAA says the, cl- the camp lasers cleaned out by next spring, and those who live here say they don't know what they'll do next. It's very hard because we have to start over, you know. They come and they sweep us up, they take our tents, they take our cars. The city hasn't done their part in building enough uh, extremely low-income and low-income housing for people, um, and they put up all these no-parking signs, so where do they expect people to go? Scott, there are plenty of homes in that area as well. Why is this considered a danger then for the people who live there in the tents? Yeah, on very good homes, point. This particular strip of land was actually built as sort of a buffer so that planes taking off and landing, in case there was a problem, would actually not encounter people or homes. So that's dangerous to the people who are here. Also, the homeless people have attracted a lot of birds, and the FAA says those birds are dangerous to the planes flying in and out. Oh, come on. So where do these people go if they're going to be cleared out? That's the problem. There are fewer and fewer places to go, and homeless advocates say the city really needs to come up with a solution as the local homeless population grows. That's a problem around the Bay Area. Okay, thank you. Scott Budman reporting right near SJC. The 
birds. Come on. Oh, yeah. This, every single excuse I heard there is absolute bullshit, right? The birds is just the last one. But um, talking about the safety of uh, the, the planes and the people on the ground, right? And the, the building. So a little bit of history about this patch of land, and I'll make it as little as possible. Um, it actually was, you know, developed with single family homes, uh, you know, wood flat homes back in the day before the airport really got built out. When the airport was built out, they basically paid a lot of these neighbors or maybe didn't pay them or kind of forced them out, um, raised the neighborhood that that's pretty much this patch of land now. Um, but there's still pieces of it on either side of this patch, right? And uh, mostly on the the western edge on Coleman, on the other side of Coleman. Um, so they're right. There actually are homes there. There's single family homes. There's families that live there. It's not as though this is a, a dangerous place. If you, you know, want to or have to live in the flight path, like under the flight path of the airport, God help you. Like, you know, uh, I, what can I do to support you? Um, because uh, it's it's loud and it's it's got to be not not so great to be living there, no matter if you're in a tent or in a home. Um, so uh, t- to me, it's like, I don't understand the, the number of times a, a plane has shorted the runway or emergency land had to make an emergency landing short of the runway. I can count on less than one hand because I don't know that that's ever happened at SJC, at least not in my lifetime. Um, so that's not a threat realistically. Um, so, and it's, it's a wide open space where no one else would ever would want to live anyway. These folks can find some shade and they can set up a little, they can set up a, a life for themselves um, while they're figuring shit out. I mean, I don't, I don't understand why we're so anxious to to get them out of there. Um, and it's not as though they're, you know, right next to a bunch of the hoity-toits and they have to, you know, look out their front door at, at the encampment every day. It's, you know, it's a pretty open area. You know what, though? If somebody has a business meeting with Peter Thiel, they have to look at those people as they come in. They do and they don't. Like, I mean, I'm, it's it's literally directly under the plane. So I don't know about you, but I'm never, I usually am not looking directly down anyway. And it's hard to see directly down, like under the plane uh, anyway. You can see what's sort of off to the sides. The Learjets come in in a different path. Um, the good wife and I live close enough to the airport where they do come in near us and they come in from sort of a, a different angle. Um, so they're not necessarily seeing all of that. Maybe that's deliberate. I don't know. Maybe they've changed the the flight path just to <laughs> I, the bird to avoid, thing avoid the camps. The, bir- the bird thing doesn't make any sense because it. I assume that someone in the history of building planes has considered that birds are also in the fucking sky. Yes, there. I've yes. there there have been times. I mean, where it's like you know, like a freak accident where the bird fucking is right in the windshield of the plane and yes. breaks the windshield. But the kinds of birds that are being attracted by this encampment are probably not the same kinds of birds that fly that high and would damage the plane. Yes. No, I, I agreed. Um, but that's still, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a concern because of bird strikes and, and there have been planes that have flown through like, you know, flocks of birds that have, um, that have had uh, accidents. Um, but yeah, the, the notion that like, these folks feeding the birds right with breadcrumbs is just going to suddenly cause some sort of mass flux of birds into flying into planes. I just don't, I don't see that they're not already ready for anyway. And you know what the FAA should do? If the FAA wants the problem fixed, that's great. Get the air, get the airplane airlines companies together. They're probably starting to make money again. Have them fucking fix the problem. (laughs) Right. Right. Like, I don't know, let's just let these people live on an airplane. If there's empty seats, I mean, it's air conditioned, it's safe, there's food. I don't know. That's weird, though. 
maybe I, don't don't clip that anyone fix the homeless by putting them on an airplane i don't know that's maybe a bad take. no they <laughs> the, i mean the big airlines have enough money where they can afford to they could afford to house folks too if they wanted to i mean if all if everyone got into tech tech airlines all the companies that kind of benefit from you know the same kind of policies that are causing six thousand people to be on the streets in santa clara county um if they all got together it would not be an issue really for their even for their bottom line to just put them all in a house honestly a house literally but we're not even asking for that just like a box car you know like a repurposed fucking box car for six hundred thousand dollars or whatever it costs like that's all well, um yeah we're that that's a stupid Pe- story and peter and Ch- Thiel could make that in a second you know chad is correcting me that flocks of small birds can't take a plate plane down but uh anyway let's move on here this this show wouldn't be complete without a story about shit so no, here, here, unfortunately it's a it's a downer but well here's a here's a story about shit <laughs> it happened around 1 a.m on rain tree court in san jose Oh. In a hoodie, walks down the cul-de-sac and dumps litter filled with dog droppings all over the Shirazi's SUV. You clearly see the person walking from the corner. He left his car around the corner. He comes all the way here, dumps the sandbag in the car on the car. Anna and her daughter Soraya were upset and confused. They saw all of it on the SUV when they woke up and then checked the cameras. It just totally shocked me. Like it was clearly targeted. Um, and the way he ran back and he had a hoodie, um, it was just really scary. They also have an idea of who did it. The family says a man who visits a neighbor regularly was letting his dog go to the bathroom in their yard. They asked him to stop and say he responded with hostility, but that was two months ago. You would hope that they would just take that, you know, smoothly and say okay be neighborly but clearly that's not the case i just want my parents to be safe to be left alone i really just hope that they stop whatever they're doing san jose police went out and talked to the family today and they are reviewing that surveillance footage the family told investigators who they think did it but so far no arrests have been made in san jose ian cole nbc bay area news that's like that's like what the fuck that's a shitty story that is a fucking real shitty story yo if somebody's like, hey, you know what? By the way, I think if you've got a lawn and somebody's animal takes a dump on your lawn and then they clean it up with a bag, then you should leave that person alone too, actually. But if they're if they're not cleaning it up, then you can go, hey, can you? I would just first ask you, like, oh, do you need a bag? Like, right. I can get you a baggie. And then if they get shitty with you, I don't know. Then maybe I guess expect litter on your car. Fuck, we man. Actually, we even have neighbors that have a they have a little bag stand and a little trash receptacle like on their side along their sidewalk right along their fence that's a that's that's definitely like single family house upper middle class shit right there (laughs) oh it's super it's super adorbs they're they're like fella artsy they've got they've painted their fence with all sorts of you know abstract art it's very nice they've got sculptures in the front yard but yeah they've got a little bag and bag dispenser and and trash receptacle it's it's very helpful when i forgot a bag for the dog ah well um speaking of shit San Francisco continues to have to get its shit together. Um, so there's just this is just more fallout from the uh, the Public Works Department scandal that has been plaguing the city for for some time now, um, and the dominoes keep falling. Development today in San Francisco's public corruption scandal as a former Public Works manager is hit with felony charges. It all stems from an off the books Public Works slush fund that investigative reporter Jackson Vanderbecken first told us about last year. Here's Jackson with the very latest. 
up to standard now because it is separating. This is Jerry Sanguinetti talking to me back in 2016 about sinking sidewalk issues in Mission Bay. Now the San Francisco DA's office has filed felony perjury charges against the former Public Works Bureau manager, plus two misdemeanors for failing to file financial disclosure statements with the city. He's accused of not revealing his ties to a company called SDL Merchandising, run out of this San Mateo home by his wife, Gina. All city officials and many city employees are required to publicly disclose their personal financial interests. Patrick Ford with the City Ethics Commission couldn't talk about the specifics of the case, but said financial disclosures like these are crucial for holding public officials accountable. And it's an important safeguard. So the failure to file those forms or to fill them out accurately creates a danger for conflicts of interest. Prosecutors say SDL merchandising was paid more than a quarter million dollars to provide DPW with shirts and other swag like these Arbor Day t-shirts from 2019. But Public Works did not pay SDL directly. According to public records we obtained last year, the money came from an off-the-books account managed by the nonprofit San Francisco Parks Alliance, which was actually controlled by top DPW officials, like former director Mohamed Nuru, who was one of the first to face criminal charges. According to the DA, when one Public Works employee suggested using a different vendor because SDL was charging twice as much, the employee was told Sanguinetti could not be reached for comment. Public Works officials say they are cooperating with all investigations and they expect employees to follow ethics rules. Jackson Vanderbecken, NBC, Bay Area News. And late this afternoon, the San Francisco Parks Alliance sent us a statement saying it was exploited by certain people within Public Works and had no control over how Public Works raised or spent the money. Former DPW Director Mohamed Nuru still has not entered a plea to the criminal charges he faces. Yo, what a shitty, like, what a, what a, what a shitty scam. Like, oh, um, I think I might have lost you. Uh, they're still digging this shit out, too, right? It's not just a shitty scam. Well, the shit, the shit goes on and on. Well, like, like, why would you do that scam? Like, I'm not saying you should do a scam, but why that scam? Just low level comforts, right? Not that you're not you're a public servant. You're not thinking you're doing much of anything wrong. You know, you're just sort of. Getting some creature comforts going, right? And helping your friends out, right? It's a nonprofit. You're doing the you're doing good things. Um so yeah, it's uh, it, you know, just uh one hand washing the other, but nothing major you know, nothing major. No one's dying. No one's getting hurt, producer Dave. I just think like I don't know, I guess like it doesn't like if they only if listen. If they only spent $250,000 on the stuff, how much of that money did they make off the fucking scam? Mm -hmm. Like what? 20% maybe? Your yeah. scam sucks. And now right. you're going to jail for it. <laughs> like <laughs> your scam is garbage. <laughs> your scam is fucking, your scam hella sucks. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, it's not the best. And the, the sad thing is it's just going to, you know, linger and fester and give the whole city a bad name for a long time. So they're going to have to get their shit together. That's all I can tell you. 
All right, we're going to move on to Down Ballot Watch. Here's uh, some Whoosh. good news about California, something I was saying and something we've been saying. People have been talking about this Cal exit thing, mm-hmm. about how um, <clears throat> people are leaving the state of California and um, leaving San Francisco. California. But a, a lot of the a lot of the people who left San Francisco, for example, just came here to San Jose or went to the East Bay, Tracy, somewhere like Gilroy or somewhere in the state. We're not actually losing that many people. Uh, the the study seems to indicate this is also from UC Berkeley, probably not by the same guy who fucking was telling us about 5G earlier, but the study seems to indicate that the growth of population in California slowed relative to other states. Mm. And that that's how we lost a, uh, a house of representatives member. It's not that everybody left. And so here's right. just a quick news hit on that. And that's, I, I, I thought I was saying the whole time. I'm like, what I, what I think is people are just leaving San Francisco because it's too expensive. They're not leaving California. So let's check out this news hit from uh, KTVU Fox 2 here. And people leaving California and heading for greener pastures. But Alex Savage live in our newsroom this morning talking about a new study that shows there are a lot of people talking about leaving, but not much action backing up that talk. Good yeah. morning. Pam, good morning to you. After the census last year, California did lose a seat in Congress, but experts say that's mostly because fewer people are being born here, not because people are leaving. A survey, though, by UC San Diego researchers does show nearly one quarter of Californians are seriously considering leaving, and another 26% are giving some thought to that idea. But the survey shows a lot of it has to do with where people live in California. Only 19% of those here in the Bay Area are seriously thinking about moving away, while 29% of the Central Valley are considering it and 37% in the portion of Northern California that is not the Bay Area. The least likely to think about moving are those in San Diego and Orange Counties. Now, maybe not surprisingly, those who earn $150,000 or more were most frequently uh, or most frequently agreed with this statement. The California dream works for people like me. Now, those earning between 50,000 and 100,000 were the least optimistic in the survey. Of course, other studies that we have uh, brought to your attention have found that San Francisco did see a large number of people leaving the city itself, but 80% of those people stayed here in California and two-thirds remained here in the Bay Area. Uh, change of address notifications to the Postal Service do show that many of them were young people who moved back with their parents right at the start of the pandemic, while others moved possibly to vacation homes where they were allowed to start working remotely. By the way, the most popular spots for people who are moving out of California were Austin, Texas and Denver, Colorado. Pam, back to you. So like the Bay, they just wanted to move somewhere that's just like the Bay Area, but cheaper. Right. It's like the Bay without the Bay. Right. Basically. And that that last thing, it's exactly what I fucking said. People who were leaving San Francisco weren't leaving California. Right. Right. It's just, and it's also, it's the same, uh, it's not same, it's a similar, uh, almost reverse uh, uh, situation where the, the, the folks who are living on our streets, right, are unhoused individuals. It's not as though thousands of them are coming in unhoused from like other counties and from out, out elsewhere to get our amazing social services. They're there because people have been forced out by uh, mostly by the housing market and like 80% of the people, 86%, I think they found living on our streets are, you know, their last address was in Santa Clara County. So there you go. Um, you're, yeah, people aren't, people aren't leaving. We're seven less babies. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just growing at a slower rate than other states. And that's what happened with Congress. That's what happens. It's not, 
you don't like it's not a, an accrual system right you don't get a congressional seat for every you know you know so many people you you add to your population it's a finite number there's 435 congress members so uh, and they're apportioned based on population so your state can grow um but if it doesn't grow at the rate that other states grow and they have less you know and they have less uh congressional seats than you do then they're going to get they're going to get one of yours possibly yeah uh, and that's just how we're it's, it's a sad situation i think it should be it should be an accrual system of some sort we'd have we california would have a shit ton more say i guarantee it in uh in our national politics maybe yeah yeah i i, I just don't like and the other thing is this was like you know we're they were talking about like over a you know a three to five year period or whatever and like that's that's great but when we think about population trends we three to five year period things might be i don't know who cares it's a, one, Do, one recession can change that right like right. one one economic turn one way or the other can change or boom can change that a bubble right yeah, give me yeah, 20 look, give me 20 years right generational right 20 25 years i want to see that the those kind of trends um also fucking leave if you don't like it in the bay area get the fuck out i'd like to one day be able to afford to buy a house here get out (laughs) like fucking seriously get out if you don't like it here yeah fuck and it's actually a a testament to how far behind we are on building housing of all shapes and sizes um that the planning the long-term planning that most of our cities and local areas have really calls for a lot of housing growth because we're anticipate we were anticipated to add shit tons of population over the next 10 20 30 years that may still happen um but it it kind of is throwing those uh it, it it's helping unfortunately it's going to help the nimbys build their argument in case that we don't need more you know mid-rise high-rise densification right we, we don't need that um because look there's you know we're not growing as fast as you said we were going to grow scientists so therefore we don't need we don't need this the this densification. So you're, I think you're going to hear a lot more loud voices coming to the chambers of government and you're going to hear I think elected officials getting a little more frightened by those voices and maybe being more hesitant to approve uh dense projects again. This could we could be stuck in a uh an unfortunate situation again where the loud, the loudest uh minority gets to run the show. So this next story is recall watch. This is the people who I would say generally based on the city they live in are possibly the most advantaged people in California as a result of the policy of the government of California. Mm -hmm. Palo Alto. Yes. Had a recall Newsom event. Absolutely. Like these people benefit from the largesse of California like no other motherfuckers in this country or in this state. Oh, I probably would have. I could have gone out there. Oh man, here we go. Let's see what they. Let's see what the. Oh man, I only regret that we didn't know about this before it happened. Yeah, because we could we could have attended. Mm -hmm. Observe and report. Observed. Eleven tonight with a recall election date set. The campaigning begins, and tonight Newsom's critics. Hey, where'd the funding for that nice park come from? To show support for ousting the governor, but supporters say not so fast. NBC Barry's Ginelli has more. You know what today is, don't you? One day closer to Gavin Newsom being recalled. Yeah. They probably didn't get a permit. Yo, he's already being recalled. They, right. they he, Oh no. They, 
Paul Gavin Newsom's supporters gather for a rally in Palo Alto one day after the lieutenant governor announced a September 14th date for the special election. Organizers with Rescue California say they are now in phase two of the campaign, drumming up excitement that will convince people. It's exciting. <laughs> they look so excited. Hey, don't go near her. She's not vaccinated. Encouraging people to talk to their friends and their neighbors about what's happening, about what, what are the reasons to recall him um, this is a non no he's already being recalled as recall supporters spread the word opponents are speaking out about the importance of educating voters about voting no every day there are more and more Californians who are really fired up about the fact uh, that this is an incredible waste of time and effort um, and we have to defeat this Republican recall the clock is ticking for both camps voters will receive mail-in ballots in mid-august for the next several weeks, supporters will be making the case to replace the governor. The state can't afford Gavin Newsom anymore. The, the, the wealth, the EDD crisis, $30 billion. The COVID policies, the, um, the emergency powers that he took advantage of. While Democrats will be reminding voters of Newsom's achievements, hoping to convince them to vote to keep him in office to create more housing for the unhoused than any governor in history, to expand access to healthcare, to make record investments in education. Uh, leading our state's recovery from COVID, leading our state's economic recovery. Organizers on both sides- Appointing me to the Senate, thank you. For their success. Gene Ellie, NBC Bay Area News. Unless something changes dramatically, he's gonna like walk away like 10 or 12 points, like a 10 or 12 point spread on that top line. Maybe more, more than likely, and I'll bet you he'll win in Palo Alto two to one. Yeah, we can, we'll go. We'll, we'll check the we'll check the tape afterwards, but I bet you two to one. Yo, yo, this is stupid. Like, yo, and I want to, I want to find out that guy. I want to find, I want to find out more about that guy. Like that guy that was, um, he was like the head of it or whatever. The preacher. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I just want to go back and look at his Facebook exactly a year ago and see if he was posting about QAnon. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I want to see if January. Was, where, where was he on January sixth? Was he posting about save the children in July of last year? Like, Harry is eating baby brains. Palo Alto is a really nice place, but I don't ever want to move there. If I had a bunch of fucking money, I would not move to Palo Alto. I do not I mean, want to deal with those fucking people. Transit there sucks. Like, yeah. Well, like I said, they vote. They'll vote. Against the recall, but they also voted against senior housing. Right. Two to one. <laughs> Get out, Grandma. <laughs> they voted for um, legalization of marijuana statewide. Two to one. They voted against medical marijuana dispensaries in Palo Alto. Two to one. Fucking nimbies. They yes. probably they, all the motherfuckers smoke weed too. I bet that was. I bet, yes. there was, I bet all the. I bet there was a lot of people in fucking Palo Alto smoking weed when it wasn't legal, and I yes. bet the fucking cops didn't bother them at all. Yes, and they probably, you know, some of them could have, if they'd opened some dispensaries, maybe they could have gotten it in a safe environment instead of having to go to the, the park. Where all those fucking unvaccinated recall supporters all the unvaccinated were. recall supporters <laughs> in the public park. That's great, right? Speaking uh, of the Palo Alto police. Yeah, um, oh, God, do we have to? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the headline says it all. Yeah, well, I think we'll have to wait through an ad. Yeah, we have to wait through an ad. We can lead into it. You found this one, so why don't you? Uh, do you want to give a little, give a little spiel, spiel about it? Yeah, it just seems that the 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 police association is 
asking They're suing over it, a Black Lives Matter mural. Is it sim- is it similar to the thing in San Jose what, that we covered? Might have with the uh, the artwork at the airport. Let's, let's that let, got removed. Let's take a listen here. I I okay. don't I don't listen to the clips before the show. So let's let's take a look. Let's take a listen here. Never judge a book by its cover. Walking across a street can be dangerous. It can also expose passersby to a controversy in front of Palo Alto City Hall. I'm not surprised that somebody's upset about something. <laughs> he's like this is palo alto after oh all he's God. like did you see what was going on in the park the other day <laughs> the, unfortunately there i think there's like street audio behind that but that would be the best pull for this show ever Yo, those, <laughs> i'm not surprised that somebody's upset about something <laughs> those people watch down ballot clearly <laughs> oh we have to we have to find them and we have to give them a link to, to listen i think they would love this show lives matter mural an image of Joanna Chesimard adorns the letter E in the word matters. She, along with two other members of the Black Liberation Army, was convicted and sentenced for the murder of a New Jersey state trooper in 1973. Chesimard, also known as Asata Shakur, escaped prison in 1979, and FBI officials believe she's been living in Cuba since. To me, I'm seeing it being as a part of a much bigger conversation, which is a complicated history of the police's um, abuse of citizens. She uh, murdered a young state trooper and police officers, uh, rightfully so, take that very personally. The National Police Association seeks the removal or covering of Shakur's image, which sits feet from Palo Alto Police Headquarters. I personally believe that her uh, image is depicted on that mural just to be provocative and hurtful to police officers. Wow. Police refused to comment, saying the mural is a city project. The city's chief communications officer sent an email to Fox 2, which reads in part... The mural is one aspect of a larger city dialogue taking place on race and equity. In no way does the mural take away from the value we have in our police officers. Some people who made the trip to see the mural say they don't support the killing of police, but welcome the debate this art inspires. We've had plenty of incidents where the police uh, overreacted and all the people... A lot of the people who were murdered are listed on this mural, too. As far as I'm concerned... I like those people. Based grandma. So if they destroy one letter, they've destroyed the entire mural and everything that that day represented. City That's officials promise there's no master plan beautiful. for premature removal it's, it's of It's a the fantastic mural. This, as some have taken up positions to make sure it isn't damaged by the natural flow of traffic. In Palo Alto, Jesse Gary, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Uh, they... <laughs> And they found the one, the lone black reporter at KTVU, Jesse Gary, who's a very good guy, by the way, um, uh, to, to cover this story. Jesse, can you represent the entire black community, please? Um, yeah, that's fucking shitty. And it definitely, it's completely reminiscent of a San Jose story we covered where there was a piece of art at the airport that offended the police that was inspired by the protests. Um, and so not only that, not only was there a controversy, like, like this was actually ta- like a, a rational conversation compared to what happened in San Jose, where they just took the thing down. They said, well, it's been up for a month. And, you know, if someone's upset about it, we'll just, we'll just take it down. Um, didn't tell I, the artist about it. 
I like that all that old lady kind of brought up. Well, cops kill people too, you know. Right. I mean, she didn't right. really say that, but that's people like are kind of, of upset because you know police they they overreach. Um, but yeah, we we need we absolutely need shirts that say I'm not surprised that somebody's upset about something. Down that's ballot. Just, that's just down ballot. That's just glorious. Might be too many words, but we could put it up in the swag store for sure. Down right. ballot. Maybe on the, on no, the, just on down the back. ballot. Down ballot. Yeah. Somebody's upset about something. There you go. Somebody's upset about something. <laughs> Somebody must be upset about something. All right. Well, um, yeah. So, uh, hey, Palo Alto POA, chillax. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm saying is like those two, the, those are my favorite. I, those people are definitely like uh, potential audience for this show because they were like, ah, somebody's mad about something. <laughs> oh, for sure. But we need to, we'll, we'll find them. The other thing, the police association or whatever made a contradictory statement to what the fucking police department made. The police department said, mm-hmm. ah, you know, it's, he's kind of said, eh. <laughs> well, was, yeah, the city even said like the city actually backed up the artist. That was actually that's pretty cool. Um, they didn't they did not just back then say, "Oh, sorry, police, we'll scrub the whole thing and and clean it up." Um, they actually backed up their artist. So, although a mural like that in the street is a little harder to remove than, um, and it was a lot of artists involved than just one piece. So, or something hanging on a wall, right, like a painting on a wall. So we we shall follow the the situation and we will definitely track that story. So we're going to move uh, on to and another thing. Thanks for joining oh. me tonight, Councilman, and thanks everybody for listening. I know this this uh, our audience for, for Twitch is a bit of an international audience. So thanks for taking a trip to the Bay with us tonight, chat, and uh, thanks podcast listeners. But we always do one or two kind of human interest stories, and it seems like and another thing. It seems like we have one. Well, whatever. We have two animal stories. We're gonna we got the good and the bad. We are going to, of course, start with the bad. Uh, yeah, the sad. Someone had their, I mean, just that a pet got stolen in the first place, but it was like an emotional support pet got stolen while they were moving to the Bay Area. Welcome, Welcome. to the Bay Area. Oops, you got your dog's gone. Christy Howard moved to the South Bay for work three weeks ago, along with her beloved dog, Penny oh, that Lou. dog is the adorable. The veteran says the miniature poodle mix Aww. is her emotional support animal. I mean, I guess everyone thinks they have the best dog ever, but I truly think she's the best dog ever. On July 1st, she was looking for a San Jose apartment a half mile south of Santana Row. After a tour and now back at her car, Howard forgot her ID at the leasing office. She rolled the windows down a bit and left Penny Lou in the car for just three minutes. I just didn't feel like anything bad would happen in that amount of time. It was not a good choice. Like, I regret the choice every day now. But um, by the time I came back out, she was gone and the car was gone. She came here from Brooklyn and never thought her dog or car would be stolen in San Jose. Surveillance video shows the moment the blue Toyota RAV4 took off. She had the keys, so thinks it must have been hot-wired. Mostly, she's heartbroken. Penny Lou is out there. I just want her back home safe. I love her. I miss her. Um, it's just been, it's been really rough. She has posted signs around the area and made a police report. The American Kennel Club estimates nearly 2 million dogs are stolen each year in the U.S. in crimes of opportunity like this one. Howard is pleading, if you know what happened or where Penny Lou is, call police. In San Jose, Ian Cole, NBC, Bay Area News. Two million? That's a lot. That seems like a lot, right? That's 350 million of us, right? You think about, you break that down into households, maybe there's 180 million households. Yeah. So that's like, almost like 1% of households or something are having a a pet stolen. And how often we're talking, that's like every, whatever, 10 seconds or something. 
Gotta be. What the fuck? Yeah, that's <laughs> fucked. That's seriously fucked up. Who would who does these things? Jesus fucking Christ. People. I mean, some of it's got to be like, and I'm not even kidding, like a custody dispute. Like, I know, right. I know it. I, I know. It, I well, no, it isn't silly. Like, if you break up with somebody and you both love the floof, you know, like, <laughs> right. So some of it's custody dispute shit, right? And it's not like could be, but some of yeah. it's just like horrible, terrible people that are just like, oh, nice dog. I guess I'm gonna take it. Yeah, right. That's awful. Um, so if you do see Penny Lou out there, right? If if you, if you know the fuckers that took Penny Lou, like please um, get Penny Lou back to her owner. It looks like she's um, she's holding up okay, but I'm sure she's fucking dying uh, on the inside. Oh, that, that, so. that dog was so floof too. It's so cute. Oh my god. Well, all right. Well, well, I I thought I'd have a happy story, or at least a happy story for us. Um, our fit one of our favorite animals is is getting some love here in the Bay Area, and we thought we we'd shout them out. Suddenly. Goats. Goats. We're not the only ones braving the heat. Bart's going animal style to help reduce fire risk. <laughs> oh, I love it. There they are. The agency is bringing in goats to graze on dry vegetation. This is new video Bart posted on 700 goats out there chopping up the greenery or, well, what was green. <laughs> well, it seems like their websites. Did it freeze out there? Right of way. Oh, there property. we go. It is a sight to see when you see them in person. It's a short clip, but that you pretty much got the gist with the stampede of goats. Now there, <clears throat> there was two stories from their website where the audio cut in and out. So I think it was just something, whoever, like there was some problem with like what was uploaded or whatever. And that's all oh, oh, good. But yeah, that, I, I felt that you would particularly enjoy that, that little, uh, respite there. Well, uh, Bay Area rapid you. goat grazing. <laughs> Bay Area rapid goat grazing. Very nice. Barg. Barg. Very nice. Very nice. Well, producer Dave, thank you as always for another wonderful week of down ballot. Yeah, and I just want to remind everybody on the podcast to make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Tell your friends about it, even if you're not from the Bay Area. And uh, it's been a while, so maybe since we have a week off next week, why don't we take a we'll, we'll talk uh, we'll talk off off air or whatever. But let's take a dig into somebody else's uh, neighborhood next time. Let's do it. It'll be two I weeks. Like It'll idea. be two weeks from now. Um, Suggestions welcome. Yeah, if if you especially if there's like an active news cycle where you're living, where you think there's a. <clears throat> There just needs to be like two or three major news outlet outlets where you're at so that we have the ability yeah. to get stuff. And if there's an, if there's an Aussie friend out there, we have some Aussie friends, right? Yeah. Uh, if you have, if it, if your neck of the woods has some wacky, yeah, like you know, Melbourne. Yeah. With some koalas and some kangaroos and shit. Like let, let us know. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Make sure you follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex media. Uh, this podcast has been growing a little bit lately, which is real good because uh, we don't really do a very good job of promoting the, uh, we promote the live show and basically only the live show. Um, but yeah, it's been doing pretty well on Spotify actually, which is pretty interesting. So <laughs> welcome everybody on Spotify. Again, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Make sure you follow us on YouTube and uh, join our discord, discord.me slash Echoplex. And you can suggest stories in our Bay Area news thing. Or if it happens to be a week that you know we're not doing Bay Area news, drop uh, drop some news stories from your area, and maybe mm -hmm. we'll uh, maybe we'll pick your area because you did some of the work for us, Councilman. Thanks for joining me. Do you want some walking off music? Yeah, let's do a little Cat Robo show if you don't mind. Uh oh, I quit oh, kind of feeling that, that song. That lately. shows so, that song's so fucking good. Um, I'm probably gonna uh, hit the auto DJ everybody afterwards, so uh, just hang out, tune in. And uh, I'll be back with some uh, post game, everybody. So, oh, yo, Ninja! We I think up. Uh, shout out to OBS Ninja. This show is powered by OBS Ninja. This is uh oh by Cat Rub Show and the Darling Misfits. I'll be back after this, or maybe two songs. Peace, peace.
can talk, we can talk about it. Doesn't change, doesn't change things one little bit. We can talk, we can talk, we can talk if you want to. We can dig, we can drag feelings back from the dead. Do an autopsy and dissect everything that was said. Or we could do our best to forget all about it. All about it. Oh, we could. Bum 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 b